the One Two Football Podcast. The voices of tomorrow here today. Hey guys, welcome back to the One Two Football Podcast. We are back for the 22-23 season. I'm Nathan. I'm joined by Ollie and Kieran. As usual, how are you guys? Yeah, I'm good. It's been a while, to be fair, since we've done this. I mean, we've graduated, I've got a job, moved flat, Premier League transfer windows basically, you know, finished and the new season that starts. It's been a while, but um, we're back. Yeah, back bi-weekly as well, just chuck it in there. So we're going to be doing it every two weeks, but yeah, I'm good. How are you, Kieran? Yeah, no, you're right. It has been a while, but yeah, no, I'm good. I'm looking forward to this. I think of all the podcasts we did last year, this one was probably my favourite, just because it's intriguing to get another two people's perspectives. So well, I'm, really, I'm well excited for this. It really went downhill then, if your favourite one was the first one we did. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, you set the bar, set the bar high. Yeah, this is going to be one of the, I feel like it's going to be one of the most exciting Premier League seasons um, in recent history. I mean, just, it feels like the division is getting stronger year on year. Teams are starting to catch up. I don't know how you feel, but we will find out how you feel um, as we go through the table. So we're going to do it. We're going to go from the relegation zone up. We're going to sort of do it in categories. We'll tell you what where we think certain teams will come and then we'll sort of expand on it if if necessary you know a certain like Southampton in mid-table isn't necessarily interesting we won't talk about that but maybe you know having Everton in the relegation zone might is something we would talk about so we'll do that and then we've also got four categories um top scorer top assist player of the year and first sack so we did this last year we're going to do it again and as always obviously if you guys have your predictions let us know share, share us with them on on Twitter YouTube whatever um let's just get into it I feel like I feel like it's not messed about. So what we'll do, should we go? We'll go twentieth to seventeenth. So we'll say that one team we think's just going to stay up. Um, Ollie, how about you kick us off? Yeah, all right. Um, but I just want to chuck in there. You said you think it's going to be the closest. Yeah, I disagree. I said this to Kieran just before you joined the call. I actually think this year's going to be a step backwards in terms of the even playing field. I think the bottom oh. half of the table. I think they're all going to be quite close there. But I feel like over the years, like there's been quite even quite low down on the table. I feel like they've always had quite. You know, you could see them maybe getting something against the top half. But this year, I think there's a massive split between the quality of the bottom half of the table to the top half of the table. So, um, so yeah, I, I think I think. There's, uh, for me, uh, we'll obviously we'll expand a bit more, but I think the closeness sort of starts from third place and goes down. I feel like the top two are going to uh, dominate as usual. Yeah, yeah. No spoilers of who we've got first and second. Anyway, yeah. Ollie, who have you got going down? Who's going to be in the championship next year? So bottom, bottom of the pile for me is is Bournemouth. Um, I don't know much about, I'll be honest with you, I don't know much about, I don't watch massive amounts of the championship. So whenever a new team comes up, I'm always a bit in the dark on that one. But I've had a look through squads, I've kind of had a look through pre-season, a bit just off, you know, just what my gut's telling me. And Bournemouth for me, I think they're probably going to go down wherever you put them. But for me, they're bottom of the table for me. Um, They'll probably have a few good games, I won't lie to you. But for me, I haven't got a clue on the transfer business, but by the looks of it, when I've looked on there, they haven't really made that many signings either. Um, I could be completely wrong with that one. But So they're going down bottom of the pile for me. But my Uncle Ray is going to hate me for this, but Southampton, I've got second bottom Ooh. here. I think they've been getting worse year on year. You know, they started off actually, I think, pretty well at the start of last season. Or, or the season before, they had a really good start. But for me, this year, they've had it coming for a while, I think. They've been slowly slipping down that table. Um, so a hard season for them. You know, I think they've actually probably got one of the better squads for the bottom down there. I think you look at the squad, they've got a decent squad, but they just don't really ever seem to get going, never get things they're clicking. So I think, you know, they've, they've been living, you know, there precariously quite dangerously at the bottom for a while now. So this time, they're gone for me. Um, 18. 
Nottingham Forest. I think, you know, I've looked at their squad. I, I think it's really happy for them to be up there. You know, they've been, the fans have been waiting for them to return to the top division for quite a while. But I don't see this fairy tale story having a happy ending. Um, Lingard's a great addition, but I don't think Lingard, even if he was in the form of his life like he was at West Ham, can do enough to keep this team up. Once again, com- could be completely wrong. Don't watch them. Haven't really seen them play that often. But for me, they're going down. Hit them and Bournemouth. And then 17th, exactly the same position as last season, I think. I've got Leeds. I think, you know, they've sold some big players for them. Rafina, you know, um, Phillips. So I think they're going to struggle a little bit. I know the new manager did come in and actually do quite well towards the end of the season. He got a couple points here and there. But for me, they're not going to get relegated. But I think they're going to be down there, real close to it. And I do think they'll probably have a new manager by the end of the season as well. I think that guy's going to go. He's just signing loads of Americans as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. What's your bottom four? Well, I mean, as I said, I'm already intrigued by this because I think there's only one similarity that me and Ollie have. And it's the first one in that I think Bournemouth are going to finish bottom as well. (laughs) Um, You were correct, Ollie, when you said they haven't made many signs. I think it's literally just Ryan Fredericks on a free. Joe Rothwell as well. Blackburn, yeah, good player. Yeah, but, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a good, he's a good championship player, then. Yeah, unproven in the Premier League, whereas you know, I think that's what you kind of need is Premier League proven players. Um, my big thing as well, I said to you this beforehand, you need a goal scorer. Dom Solanke scores goals in the championship, the Premier League, potentially not so much. I think Scott Parker's a good manager, I don't think he's that good, though. And I think if you're going to stay up in the Premier League, you need to rely on your home games. And if I'm being honest, with a capacity of what is it, 11, 12,000, you know, you need as much noise as you need to make it like a cauldron. I, I, I can't see uh, that happening. Um, 19th, I've got the one promoted team that Ollie didn't mention, uh, and that's Fulham. Uh, they are this year's Norwich slash Watford. They will be back up the following season, I believe. Um, Mitrovic can score 40 goals in the Championship again, that's fine. I just think, as it's proven with his time at Newcastle and Fulham previously, he struggles a bit in the Premier League at times. Um, yeah, they've made some good additions. Uh, Marco Silva's kind of been there, done it. He's also been there and done it and been sacked and relegated in certain things. And I just I just don't really see it happening. You know, they've, they've kind of done a similar thing to what they did um, a few seasons ago where they just signed so many players. Kind of the opposite of Bournemouth. I think they've gone the opposite way. Um, and it's going to be tough maybe for them to gel. Um, so I, I expect them to go down as well. Final relegation place, uh, I've gone for Everton. Um, living dangerously last season, very dangerously last season. Um, and I don't think their squad's got any better. They've lost their best player. Um, the Kind of the main reason that they stayed up. James Tarkovsky is a good addition. Yes, so is Dwight McNeil, but they were both part of a struggling team last season. So I, I don't really see how that will necessarily change. Um, Calvert-Lewin remaining fit is very important for them. But last season doesn't really bode well for that statement. Uh, Frank Lampard did an interview uh, after a pre-season game and he looked dejected. Um, and I think that kind of tells you everything you, you need to know. Yes, the, the Goodison Park, as I mentioned with Bournemouth, that's going to be very vital, but I just see them getting absolutely thumped away from home at certain grounds. Um, and I think they've, they kind of rode their luck last year um, with certain things, but I expect them to, to not be able to make that uh, step up this time. Uh, and then, yeah, finally, 17th. I've actually gone for Brentford. Um, I think teams that stay up um, that were promoted from the championship last season, you do get a bit of second season syndrome sometimes where, you know, you maybe you take that survival for granted. They've made some good additions. I like Thomas Frank as a manager. I think he's very forward thinking, but um, 
I think we forget, well, you might not forget this, I certainly didn't, um, how important Christian Eriksen was last season for them. Um, the amount of points they won in the second half of the season, losing him is massively detrimental. Um, and I think had they not signed him in January, they could have possibly gone down last season because they were on a spiralling run of results. Um, but I expect them to just have enough because, <clears throat> as I've said, Ivan Tony, they've got a goal scorer. I can see him scoring 10 to 15 goals and, and I think that'll be a large reason as to why they stay up. Yeah, me, me and Kieran have the same relegation zone, so I won't even bother going in, to, in to the same positions. Them. Yeah, Bournemouth, Fulham, and Everton to go down. All Bournemouth, Bournemouth because I mean they are so obviously going to come last. It's like they've already accepted it with the business they've done. It's it's as simple as you know. Okay, we'll take this one. We'll be back next year. We'll be back in two years' time. It sort of feels like that with Bournemouth. They've not invested really. Um, Fulham, past the past is the reason. Because actually, quite like some of the business they've done. I think Leno's a good addition. I think Polina's a good addition as well. I think they've signed him, um, but. I can't trust them. I cannot trust Fulham. I don't think that highly of Marco Silva. I think he's a decent manager, but not great. And then Everton, they've, they've been due it for years. I like Frank Lampard, but he, I don't think he can solve this problem. I, I think they're relying a lot on Calvert-Lewin, who wasn't very good last season. Um, they've not really improved the two players they brought in. McNeil was decent, despite having a poor season last year. Tarkovsky's a good signing that they really needed because that defence is not good. Um, but the same problems are going are to get them again. The club's a complete mess, unfortunately. You know, as much as I, you know, it'd be a shame to see them go down, but life, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I don't know, because, you know, they're Premier League mainstays. They've been in for... It's, it's a free six points for you every season as well. Yeah, they, they might they might stay they might stay up, but I don't know. I, I kind of like Frank Lampard, so I, I almost almost want them to, but I, I don't know. 17th, I've got Forrest, I think. Uh, since Steve Cooper's come in, obviously, when Steve, I watched Forrest play under Chris Hewton at the start of the season, they were absolutely terrible. Um, when Steve Cooper came in, they completely changed their fortunes. They were one of the best teams in the Championship. They almost overtook Bournemouth to that automatic promotion slot, which you thought Bournemouth kind of had um, coming towards the end of the season, but not for us, almost got there. Um, I think I think using just that positive momentum, I think they'll have a good start. I kind of see them a bit like Brentford, kind of having that really good start, shocking teams, and then maybe falling away, hence why they finished 17th. But I, 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 like, some of the, I like the business. I like O'Brien and Toffolo. I like Lingard, especially considering he's not on as much as, as everyone thinks he is. Um, I'm happy with that signing. And then, you know, the link with Aaron Ramsey, who I don't think is particularly great anymore. Obviously, fantastic player, but in terms of like, his ability to play consistently, consistently, not fantastic. But, I mean, it's Aaron Ramsey. still an incredible player. And if you can switch it on in at least two occasions, that's probably two wins for Forrest that they can get. But I, I quite like Forrest in that. So that's, that's my bottom four. Shall we quickly sort of speed run through 16th to 9th. Should we, should I think, we just... I think, yeah, we can we can try and speed it, but I think by the way that you've been speaking, my table's completely opposite <laughs> to yours, so you might yeah, have no. a lot to say about this one. I just want to say before, who wants it? Are you going first or am I going first? We can say yeah, we'll go back, we'll go around in the, in the opposite way. So I'll go first. Okay. I'll say what I was going to say when it comes to me then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, so just quick. 16th, I've got Brentford. Um, 15th, I've got Leeds. I think they've rebuilt pretty well. Obviously, they're quite an unknown quantity this year. 14th, I've got Southampton. Um, not sure really why. <laughs> they were there. I think they were, they were the team I needed to put in somewhere, so I put them there. 13th, Wolves. 12th, Palace. 11th, Leicester, which I'm not sure about. Um, I might be horribly wrong with that one. 10th, Brighton. 9th, Aston Villa. And that is that is the, the bottom half slash early top half of the table. Um, Leicester might be the only odd one there. Maybe people have got them high. I just think 
there, there is interest in Leicester. I mean, maybe we'll get into it a bit more, but the lack of signings may actually not be as bad as it kind of looks on the optics because they had a lot of injuries last year. So, but 11th, they've obviously, they're, they're, they might be set to lose Schmeichel. It'll be interesting who they replace him with. Um, and their weakness off corners last season. I mean, my God, if they've not fixed that, then they're going to have this in the season to, to last year. But Kieran, what, what is your mid-table demand? Honestly, mate, you may as well skip me because mine and yours, it seems like a very, very similar. <laughs> um, so 16th, I've got Nottingham Forest, as you mentioned, Steve Cooper, very good manager. I think they've already got like four or five Premier League players, in my opinion. I think O'Brien and Toffolo are good enough to play at that level. Lingard thrived for West Ham. Um, you forget as well, Dean Henderson in goal. Bryce mm. Samuel was so important last season for them, and that was in the Championship. So you, it just proves you need a you need a very good um, goalkeeper. And I think he is that. Uh, Brennan Johnson as well, I think he's going to absolutely shine. Um, so I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll have enough to stay up. 15th, I've got Leeds, as you mentioned. Uh, after last season, they rebuilt quite well. Um, I quite like Jesse March as a manager, as annoying as his interviews are, because I don't really like the American accent. Um, he's brought in some good players, some players he trusts, um, some players who played well under him. So, so why wouldn't you um, think that it's going to be a good partnership there? 14th, I've got Southampton. Um, I absolutely see where Ollie comes from in saying that they're going to get relegated um, because they've been kind of lingering there for a while. But I just... I genuinely think James Ward-Prowse and his set piece is just going to keep him up. I think they're going to win so many points from just drawing fouls. Um, people like Che Adams and Nathan Redman, Adam Armstrong are all very tricky players in around the box. And at the minute you've got a penalty or a free kick, you know, that that's it's basically a goal. Um, 13th, I've got Crystal Palace. Again, I like Patrick Vieira. I really like the squad he's building. They've got so many technically gifted players. They've got so many options um, going forward. And I think it's a really exciting project. And I expect... Spoiler for next season, if all goes well this season and they sign some better players, I think they'll finish in the top 10. Um, 12th, I've got Brighton. Obviously, they lost um, Bissouma, but Graham Potter's proven how he just signs these players that no one has ever heard of and they just turn out to be incredible players. Um, I think Leandro Trossard is going to score about 20 goals this season. I think he's so good. Um, so I imagine he's going to be a, a massively creative input for them this season. Uh, 11th, I've got Aston Villa, uh, an improvement on last season under Steven Gerrard. I think they've made some very good signings. Um, the captaincy going the way of John McGinn kind of tells you that Tyron Mings is kind of being pushed out of the squad a little bit now Diego Carlos is here. Um, there has been concerns over who's going to score the goals because Watkins and Ings have kind of had purple patches of form, but a lot of the time they've struggled in front of goal. Um, but, you know, if I was to pick out one player, I think Jacob Ramsey, Philippe Coutinho, maybe two players are going to be so important for them this season. Leon Bailey as well, who was suffering with, with injuries last season. They've got a really exciting squad. They just need to keep everyone fit. Uh, Leicester, 10th. Um, as, as Nathan mentioned, the set pieces, uh, uh, that problem is diabolical for them. Um, but, but I do think that they've kind of maybe reached the end of that cycle. And I think when it was Pochettino, um, looking for that rebuild at Spurs and didn't get it, and you you saw what happened. It, it's, but perhaps not an aging squad. That it's it's a squad that needs freshening up. Um, Tielemans and Ndidi are two very good players, but I think last season, yeah, injuries and form that they, they weren't at their absolute peak. Vardy missing out was was a big problem for them as well. Barnes missing a large chunk as well. Um, I know there's been interest. Um, from Spurs and other teams in Madison. Fafana's getting interest from Chelsea. Obviously, he missed a large portion of last season. Um, but I, I do think it's a squad that needs freshening up a bit. And then ninth, I've got Wolves. Um, I know I've probably said this about every single manager who 
we said, but I really, really like Bruno Lage. Um, and I, I think they're going to do very well this season. I think Jimenez being around, I know he's picked up an injury, um, but they did suffer with, with uh, injuries quite a lot last season. I think Podence, Neto missed a large portion of this season. Um, I absolutely love the pivot of Neves and Moutinho. I think it's so silky and I imagine he's going to score so many bangers this season. Um, but I think Jose Sarr as well, is, it's really important to have a good goalkeeper and an understanding of what your defence expects of you, your midfield, your strike force. So I, I think there'll be a lot of close one nils for Wolves. They don't strike me as a full throttle attacking team, but I think that defence is strong enough to, to withheld, um, just to prevent other teams scoring. I think it's a good way for me to go in because I've actually gone with the opposite end and Wolves is my 16th place team. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I've nearly put them to get relegated. I think people are going to be easily fooled with the start of the season. They've got a really nice start in terms of pitch list. I think Neto and Neves are probably going to do quite well in these two games. I mean, like you said, Jimenez is injured. I can't actually think of the name right now, but I know they signed a striker, Chiquita, whatever his name is, but he's also <laughs> injured. Well, I can't remember. Wangy Chandler. Nah, not, well. not in, not in. They, they start, yeah. Well, they, 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 I know they've just said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know the fans are really, really excited about him. But he's now injured as well, which I know is um, not gone down well with the Wolves boys. So I'm going to put them in 16. I just don't see them doing very well. I don't, like I said, I don't think relegation is out of the question, to be honest. Um, you can look at them, and I think they have got good players in the like, like Neves. And I think the manager did well last season. Obviously, uh, the goalkeeper had a good season as well. But for me, it's one of these. They've not signed another striker. The only other striker they've got is Trone, I think. And he was not nah, very nah. good last there's still, there's some, Let me find his name. He is there because I was listening to another podcast the day and they mentioned it'll, it as well. Yeah, um, it'll be a player they already have then because I'm, I'm yeah, on the transfer be. market. But Nathan Collins is a really good sign and I forgot they did that. Yeah, that is good. He'll short that defence. I've got uh, my opinion. I think Wolves haven't had the best pre-season. So it, they, they, they've struggled to recruit in areas that they needed to aside from Collins. Good. Oh, Chiquinho, yeah, he's a young player. They've mm. already got good, yeah. good on football manager. I'm pretty um, sure but, he's. I'm pretty sure he's injured for a long time as well now. Yeah, um, there's so, a striking situation. Yeah, so and like Kieran says, you need a goal scorer. I don't think they necessarily got one. So anyway, I'll go quicker. Wolves, 16th place, <laughs> not lower than what Kieran said. But we're going. Um, this is probably going to be the one that everyone screws with. But I've got Fulham in 15th. I know that they and I've put here in my side. They might just break their habits. Now, I know that they're always yeah, that team that come up, they spend a lot of money <laughs> and they still go down. But for some reason, I'm feeling them this year. Like you said, Mitrovic will be key. And I know he never really shines in the Premier League, but I think he might break the habit. And this is my one. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to put him up five because I've got a good feeling about this. Also, like Nathan said, they have made some good signings. Paulino, um, Solomon and Mbabu have all quite good signings. So I think that they're really interesting, especially with Solomon. I don't never really see him play, but I know a lot about him, like Nathan said, Football managers are matter place nowadays. Um, people actually use it to sign players. So it's not that ridiculous to actually say it. Um, so I'm really excited about Fulham. And honestly, I think they're going to surprise people. So they're staying up for me in 15th place. In 14th place, you guys got them to go down. I've got them to have a tricky season, Everton. Uh, they, like you said, they sold Richarlison, who I wasn't a big fan of, but he did do a lot for them at the end of last season. Um, like I said, McNeil was a good signing. And I've only got them staying up if, uh, Dom, uh, if Calvert-Lewin can stay fit. He will be absolutely key for them. But the other thing I've also got down there is Lampard will not be staying long. I think that they're going to be down there at the bottom of the table. Lampard will be sacked. They'll bring the new manager and they'll slightly improve and they'll just stay above the rest. Because like I said at the start, I think the bottom of the table from like 15th, 16th, all the way down, are all fairly weak and they're all going to be down there with not many points. So I think Evan's just going to outdo them a little bit. Um, 
13th place, I've got Brentford. They had a good season last season. Like they have got weakened by not having Ericsson. But I think they're going to stay there. Tony is going to be key. They've got a goal scorer. Hopefully, he can score goals. Um, above that is Brighton. Great season last season. Still a good se- uh, team with a great manager. But the loss of their key players... It's just going to be a, a season to let the new players come in, get themselves used to the league. And then I think they'll be back up there again next season if they don't end up selling their players. But I think they're still going to have a good season. 12 for Brighton, two years ago, no one would be complaining with that. So I don't think it's bad. Just after last season was a really good season for them. So Brighton are there. 11th, Christmas Palace. Vieira did really well last season. can see them doing really well again. That's not top table, but I think that's a fair place for them, seeing as Christmas Palace were in the relegation battles and stuff a couple of years back. Um, then I've got Leicester in 10th. They didn't have a great season last season. I think they're going to be very mid-table. I've got them exactly mid-table, not very mid-table. They're going to be mid-table for me. You know, if they lose Casper Schmeichel, that'll be massive, massive for them. They did have a lot of injuries last season, which is why they didn't do as well. So, you know, maybe they'll do better than 10. Like you said, I'm not going to say them again because I've already said how they had so many injuries. But for me, they're just so stagnant. They're not really getting new players in, like you've said. Vardy, you know, they were so reliant on him with goals. He's getting old. People need to remember, he's probably not got the legs to continue doing it week in, week out. Zip. Maybe he does, you know. He is one of those people that doesn't seem to age. But I think he, this season, they won't be able to rely on him as much. Um, but yeah, Leicester, 10. Nothing spectacular, nothing terrible. Um, and then in ninth for me, I've got Newcastle. I think they've made some good signings, but I think people need to calm down. Everyone's looking at them. And they've made some good signings, yeah. But I don't think they've made signings which are going to push them into those into that Europa sort of Europa League conversation they've made some really good signs don't get me wrong but I don't think they're the sort of signings which are going to take them there yet don't get me wrong they will be there in you know a season or two seasons but this season it's just going to be another step up you know small steps towards what they the bigger yeah. picture that they want to achieve so for me Newcastle and like fair result or oh, fair place for them I think yeah I, I mean well I think next up we'll do eight we'll do the conference league slash Europa League we'll go eight to six and then we'll do the top five as sort of one whole thing. But I mean, I, I'll just get it going from here. I mean, because Newcastle is my eight, so it just seems it seems like the right place to start from. I mean, they are again. It's that small steps that, that you can't. You know, Rome built in a day. All the cliches about it that they they have to build a different way because they can't attract these major players that they probably could afford. But I think Zan Botman's a really good sign. I know Liverpool been linked with him uh, for a while. I think they were absolutely excellent last year. I thought Eddie Howe really did a great job when a, a lot of people were doubting him. I think he, he showed just how good that team can be. Obviously, their new fantastic box-to-box midfielder in Joel Linton. Hopefully, he continue his great season. St. Maximan's one of probably the most exciting player in the Premier League in terms of when he gets the ball at his feet. And I, I think I think they'll have a good season. I think since we talk about cold and we talk about atmosphere, there's there's nowhere like St. James's Park in in the Premier League and and in League One, of course. Um, but there's definitely nowhere like it in the Premier League. Um, it's such a it's such a great place to, to to watch football because it's just so loud the way they get behind their team. Um, and then seventh, so Conference League, I've got uh, West Ham. I, I it, quite simply, Scamacca, I think, is, is the reason that they'll sustain in, in where they are. This is a striker that was wanted by a lot of top teams: PSG, AC Milan. He was almost going to go to AC Milan. He'd already given his word to West Ham he was going to join. So he clearly see something in what David Moyes is doing. I think. They desperately needed attacking depth with Mikel Antonio. Um, obviously, he's some. He's been fantastic for them. He's been vital for them. But I mean, they needed someone else, especially if they're gonna if they're trying to play those Europa games. So I, I'm I'm excited for West Ham. The, the, the French dad, his name escapes me. They've signed up. I've heard a lot of good things about him as well. Sixth place, the Europa League, the first of the big six, the big hitters. I've got Manchester United in sixth. I think. 
it's tough with Man United, and we'll get into it with the top five. Third to sixth could be any out of the four teams that it could be anyone because Man United is such an unknown quantity. It's a very similar squad to the squad that was awful last season. Um, and you know, we're getting battered by Liverpool, City, it, but under Ten Hag, a philosophy, an actual playing style, and an identity with how they want to play. Pre-seasons, pre-season. I mean, Andres Pereira plays well in pre-season, so you cannot look too far into pre-season, the results you get there, but there were good signs, good displays. There were maybe some not-so-great displays. I think, was it Palace, they drew two of Palace Villa. Or, or Villa, Villa. Um, so it, there's, it's, it's a mixture. As always, pre-season is. I mean, Liverpool lost to Salzburg. It's not going to change where I think they'll finish. So. The, the only positive, just got, the only positive of the fact that we drew 2-2 with Aston Villa is the fact that the team that actually won 2-0 in the first half was the main team. And then the team that lost 2-0 was actually, you <laughs> know, our reserve it. team. So we'll take that. That's a 2-0 <laughs> win of my books. But there's, there's still problems that Man United need to address. Martinez, it'll be interesting to see where he plays. I'm not sure whether he'll play holding midfield or centre-back. They still need players. But, you know, that's always going to be the case with Man United until the Glazers sort of pull their finger out. So... I've got them sit. Again, skip me because we've got the identical layout. It's a good thing I'm on this podcast because this will be the most dull podcast ever. Name it. Yeah, got two, that as well. two knowledgeable boys spitting yeah. football knowledge. All knowledge is all so, knowledge is different. Yeah, I've got Newcastle in eighth. Um, I know what he said. Obviously, the, the whole calm down thing. I just think we saw at the end of last season that they can beat. All the teams below them, you know. I mean, like eight, 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 eight isn't that crazy. I did say Um You know, I think the signings they've made are so good. But I mean, arguably the best signing has been a return from loan signing, Elliot Anderson. Oh my God, what a player no. he is! <laughs> On loan at Bristol Rovers uh, last season in League Two, scored the goal that got him promoted. Absolutely unbelievable technical player. Um, he's pretty much started in all their pre-season games. He looks the absolute part. He looks like he's going to tear the Premier League apart. So I, I genuinely think he will actually have a part to play. I just wanted to mention that because he's, he's honestly, you'll see if he plays, he is a ridiculously talented player. Um, but yeah, Eddie Howe has proven as well that he's got that stability now. And I think the signing of Kieran Trippier was like, it, it was one that was really... But you think about the danger from set pieces, you think about the Premier League experience, you think about the leadership, the, the mentality he's got from winning that title at Atletico. You know, I think he's going to be really important this season. As we saw last season, you know, I think he spent some time um, with the coaching staff as well when he was injured. So I've got them to finish eighth. Uh, West Ham, I've got in seventh, as Nathan said. Again, as also Nathan said, that depth in attack with Skamaka coming in um, is going to be so important because Mikel Antonio is the kind of player who's going to give you 150% for 70 minutes. Um, but then it's the question of can he do it twice a week because that's what he was having to do and you know I think he got lucky last season with no real long-term injuries but there were a few moments where David Moyes was like yeah it's just fatigue you know it's just the way he plays the way he's built um, so that depth is going to be so crucial keeping hold of Bowen and Rice as well was absolutely massive yeah. for them um, so I imagine it's going to be another steady European finish and then yeah third to sixth bit of a minefield but Arguably, I'd say this was probably the easiest one out of those four to decide. And even then, it was hard. I've got Man United. Um, obviously, the stuff going on off the pitch with Ronaldo isn't ideal for them. Um, but it seems like Ten Hag has an idea of what he wants to do. Um, yes, he doesn't really have the players to do that. I think they've obviously made some very good signings. Um, I'm excited to see how that left-back does. Um, Ericsson, I obviously know, is very, very good. Um, the only thing is the whole De Jong 
saga as well has kind of been drawn out and drawn out. So it feels like 65 million has just been pushed to one side. Um, and you best believe that that video is getting surfaced if you don't sign De Jong this summer, Ollie. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, Sancho, I think Sancho will do well. Um, but that's really all I can say. Before I get um, on to before I get on to my side, of that, I just want to jump in on that. Everyone, I saw someone do a comparison with this whole Ronaldo saga, and it is pretty much identical to the saga last season of Harry Kane in the way that it was like I want to leave. He wants to go. Well, no, Ronaldo at Juve last year. Let's come on. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, that as well. But I saw so he's done it twice. Yeah, no, but, yeah, but that's the thing. This, I because he's obviously playing in the pre-season friendly, which I'm pretty sure is today. Um, he's in the starting line, he's playing, he was in the trading, he's been posting pictures, and he's never once been quoted saying, I want to go. Obviously, he definitely wants to go, not doubting that. He wants to play Champions League football, he hasn't got as many years left in him as he did once upon a time. But, if you draw a comparison to it, it's very similar to the whole Kane situation, and I think it's going to turn out the whole way of Kane. I think he's going to stay there. Because no one wants it. Yeah, no, no one, one, no one wants it. And also, Man United have said they're not selling him. They're not selling him. They've yeah. said multiple times they're not selling him. Ten Hag said, you're not going. You're staying here, which I actually really enjoyed. Man United would normally probably give and go, yeah, okay, off you go then. But it's saying it. So I think you can draw a lot of comparisons with um, Harry Kane's situation in the last transfer window. But um, 10 minute reminder just popped up. Let's get my uh, my teams going. Um, so, eighth, yeah? We're starting off at eighth, yeah? I forgot where yeah, we're going. Eighth, so, eighth, okay. Eighth. eighth. Okay, eighth, mine's Aston Villa. Um, they, they didn't, it wasn't the best necessarily of starts in the Jared R season, but I think, you know, the best thing about them, they've had a really good transfer window, but even better than the players they've signed is how early they signed them. So a lot of players now in a lot of teams are still making signs, so they're going to have to, you know, settle in probably on the bench for them. They've had a whole pre-season, you know, they signed Kamara straight away. They got all these players, I'm not going to go through names because they've got quite a few players, but they've got a lot of good players. And I think, you know, signing Coutinho, he started off really well, he dipped off, hopefully he can go back to the first uh, part of the form he did. Maybe not against Man United like he did, but, you know, we'll just go from there. So I've got Aston Villa there. I think also that they're probably going to do quite well. They're in eighth place, which is better than they did last season, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. I've got them to do quite well. Everyone knows it. It's West Ham in seventh. Um, the, the only weakness that they really had in the last couple of seasons, or the glaring weakness, was their attacking depth. Now you've said it, they've signed a striker and a good striker at that. Um, and so I think they've been pulling away from the rest of the everyone below them for quite a while, which I think for West Ham, it's incredible. You know, it's, it's a great story to be watching unfolding. And I think they're just going to cement that this season. I think se I think the top seven are going to be quite a few points ahead of everyone below them, which is why I said I think it's going to be quite distant. And then, like I said, I think everyone from like 16th down is going to be quite a lot of points below from like 15th to 8th. So that's why I think it's going to be quite a um, sectioned division this season. So West Ham in seventh for obvious reasons we've all gone over it. And now sit. I could sit this so hard. But for me, and this is I, my bias is definitely playing into this. It was so on the edge. And I was like, okay, 50-50, who do I put it? Arsenal or Manchester United? And I just let my bias take over. And I thought, you know what, we're going to do it. So I'm putting Arsenal in six. For other reasons as well. They've made some great signings. You know, Gabriel Jesus, I think, is going to do absolutely amazing. He showed what he could do in little glimpses at Man City. I think he's done, he's done incredible. He's nearly scored every game in pre-season, I'm pretty sure. So he's done really well there. They've made other great signings, obviously, Zinchenko and stuff like this. And it'll be interesting, I want to say, to see what formation they've been playing. So I look for the team. They played a five at the back. They played a four at the back. They played Ben White at wide. They've dropped Ben White completely because he's playing Saliba and Gabriel in two centre-backs. So it'll be interesting to see who Arsenal actually play. But for me, they've made some good signings. Not enough 
to even put them in the question of top three um, because they're just not the sort of signs I think that are going to get you Champions League football yet. Yet. I think they need the season left into jail. Also, the reason why this, he's a good manager, but I think he's probably the worst manager of the top six. Um, we haven't seen much of Ten Hag yet, but from what you hear of Ten Hag, I'd say Arteta is the worst manager in that top six. So that was also a reason to play. And like I said, it was so close. I had to put my uh, my club, Man United, above them. So that's, you know, who where Man is going to go on my list. But yeah, so Arsenal in sixth for me, although it could easily be Manchester United. Um, and like you say, it could easily be anyone else because who knows what's going to happen. Um, shall I just go on and do my next one then? Cause, yeah, go ahead, Jay. Yeah. Well, we do, are we doing top five? Yeah, or, or, five, do you want, or do you want to do five, four, three, and then we can say... Oh, yeah, let's do it at the same time. Yeah, yeah go on, then. Yeah, good job. Yeah, OK. So, my... On um, the fly. So, so, yeah. so um, fifth place is May night, like I've just said. Um, they've had a good pre-season, but like I said, you can't take too much out of that. Um, the manager seems to know the team really well already from press conferences. He seems to have understood players. He's he's nailed, you know, he's absolutely got Martial sorted. He said he's the sort of player that when he's training and focusing hard, he's one of your best players in the team. When he's not, he's out of the question. So it already says that he's already got a lot of these players clued up. He knows a lot about them already. Um, yeah, we've made some all right signs. I think if you look on a player-by-player -player basis, we've made some good signs. If you look on the transfers as a whole, though, and actually where we need it, it's been a terrible window. We haven't got the attack we need. We haven't got the much needed CDM we need. Although, like Nathan said, a lot of people are saying that uh, Martinez could be playing as a CDM because he is that ball winner and can also be a ball player. So it'll be interesting to see, but we do need a CDM and we do need an attacker. I've been seeing that Sesco could be coming, but still, he's, he's a striker, is he not? He's not really a winger in which we, we need. A not, not prolific in real life as well. Prolific, very prolific on football manager, but not prolific in real yeah, life. I, I mean, he scored, he scored quite a few goals. He did really well against Liverpool. I think everyone's got hoped from that one game. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I can see it being a Martial type that we sign him. He doesn't do great. He goes away, he comes back, maybe he does really well. Hopefully Martial as well this season. So yeah. But um, And like Kieran said, the left back is really interesting. We have so many left backs. We have Tellers. We have Shaw. Well, I'm not even going to... Um, Malicia? I'm not even going to try and say the name. It's something Malicia, like that. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't that bad a pronunciation for me. We'll take that. Um, and he's done really well this pre-season. I think he's going to get the nod in the start at left back. And what's good about him is I've seen highlights and I've seen a lot of people talking about them and I've seen a lot of journalists that are like on Manchester United News and stuff like this that have been watching them game in, game out say he's not only a great attacker but he's also quite a good defender in terms of his tackles and stuff like that so could be a really... I hope so as a fullback. It could be a... No, but you know like Trent, everyone says he can't defend but he's great attacking. This guy apparently he can attack and defend so I think it's probably going to... could end up being one of the most under the radar signings because I'm not going to... I got underwhelmed when I saw it. I was like one of the first signings on the 10-hour skiza from Feyenoord that no one knows about. But clearly he knows about him and it's all about getting the right players for the manager rather than the big name stars for the fans. So maybe it's a great signing. Who knows? Fourth place for me is Spurs. Um, I think they've had a good window. Kieran's going to probably go off on it in a minute, so I'm not going to say too much. Uh, they've had a, they've had a good, I think Kane's going to be key. I think he's going to have one of the scenes of his life. Um, I think, pers personally, the reason why I've got them in fourth and not in third is because I look at that. If you gave me that midfield and that attack, I'd be that is beautiful. It's a great team. But defence, I think, really does let them down. Um, look at him, he's fuming. But the one thing that I think is massively going to help the weaker side of Spurs, which is defence, is that midfield. You've got so many ball winners, so many people that can help give that security in front of them that, if anything, it's going to take a bit of pressure off of the defence. Players like Basuma um, and all these players in there. You've got Hoiberg, uh, you've got the guy from Juve that I'm not even going to try and say his name. Yeah, you've got all these good players that are going to put a massive wall up before they even get to the defence, so which is why I think you're going to get fourth. It's a good season ahead for Spurs, I think. Um, 
Uh, you finished fourth last season, I think. Actually, what I'm going to say, actually, no, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to ruin anything. But yeah, so Spurs, I think they're going to do well. I think Kane's going to do well. I'm really excited to see how Kulovesky does for a full season because he did really well last season. Son, obviously, is going to do well. So, like I said, midfield to attack, insane team. Defence, I just think, lets you down, which is why I put Chelsea in third place. Same on the group chat of the day. Really excited by Chelsea. If they can actually make any more signings, because, you know, apparently yeah, Barcelona just want to have them all. I also saw that. Um, Oh no, what's his name? He went to PSG, it's the fullback. Uh, they've just signed him from like RB Leipzig. What's his name? Oh, Maduegi. Yeah, him. He's came out and said that Chelsea wanted him, but he chose PSG over them as well. So Chelsea are losing all sorts of players here. But I think Chelsea, they're still a way off the people above them. But Koulibaly, a fantastic signing. Yes, he's old, and you can look at the centre-back pairing of Koulibaly and Diago Silva. It's not going to be around very long, but whilst it is around, I think it's going to be really well. Um, they do need another centre-back in there, though, if they want to play a five at the back. Because Reese James playing, a lot of people are saying he could be playing as a centre-back, especially if they lose Azpilicueta, will be terrible placement because that's a massive loss out on the right wing-back. So, interesting to see what happens there. Sterling, I think, is a great signing. We all know what he can do. I'm not his biggest fan in an England shirt but I know in the Premier League he is quite good he's been really good yeah and I think I think the benefit I know he has him really well but I just don't like him you know he played to live blind man city what why would I like him um but the thing the thing with me is Sterling's gonna I think help unlock players like Mountain Havertz it's gonna add to their game having that person out wide um so yeah and I think they're gonna concrete third place they got third place last season Spurs got fourth place last season um so they're all very in the same positions but yeah Chelsea I think they're gonna pull way back you said from like third downwards. I think third are going to be, Chelsea are going to be quite clearly there. Not massively there, but I think they're going to be, you know, maybe six, eight points ahead. That's fair enough. Um, Kieran, Kieran, do you want to get into your fifth to, to third? Yeah, I'll, I'll do it quite quickly. Obviously, I had United in sixth. So, as Ollie said, it's 50-50. I've got Arsenal in fifth. Uh, some very good signings. Gabriel Jesus is obviously going to do well um, for them. I just don't think they've got quite enough maybe to challenge for that top four place. I think they will. They'll be there or thereabouts, a couple of points off maybe. Um, but I, I don't think they'll finish inside the top four. In terms of top four, as Ollie said, a little bit of bias coming in here. Uh, I'm actually going for Chelsea uh, in fourth. Not even anything against the recruitment they've done or the players that they've lost um, because I think they've done some really good stuff. It's just, you know, it, it is the question of not necessarily where the goals are going to come from, but you know, they don't have a recognised number nine. Um, and I think in certain scenarios, that will detriment them. I expect Mount, Havertz and Sterling to all get between 10 to 15 goals, but I don't see one player going past 20. Um, and I think that may be where it harms them. I think, as Ollie said, yeah, the defence is very good. Um, but if they're caught out at certain moments, you know, players, teams that like to play in behind on the counter-attack, I think they're, they're going to struggle. And then I've got Spurs in third. Um, to be honest, Oli was pretty much right in everything he said. Uh, is the attack in the midfield that's going to carry us this third place finish? Um, Christian Romero is is one of the best defenders in the world, but he's only so good when he's next to no offense Eric Dyer and Ben Davis, who have been better under Conte, but still not quite there. I think Perisic is a great signing as well, um, and I think I think our problem though is is going to be beating those teams below tenth. Um, because they're going to set up a low block against us, because why wouldn't they? And it's going to be our job to, to break them down. Um, the only problem I see as well is if we are going to um, bring anything off the bench, I think obviously Richarlison is great depth to have, but God, we need an attacking creative midfielder, just someone who can pass through the lines. We haven't had one since Christian Eriksen, um, and it's really made us struggle against the kind of teams who know that 
they'll be able to defend well against us, hit us on the break, hit us from set pieces. Um, I think as we saw last season when we took eight points from the two teams that finished top, uh, um, um, you know, and I'm, I'm happy for us to play that role. Um, if it means that in those bigger games we lose less, well, we don't have as much possession, but there's a higher likelihood that we'll get points from it. So it really is actually going to be beating the teams um, in the bottom half of the table. But I think now Conte's had a bit longer with them in pre-season. Um, there's still a couple of teething problems. I've watched a couple of pre-season games and there are a few moments where you just think, pass forward, pass forward. There's a pass there and they just don't do it. So they are a bit conservative at times. Um, but I think the wing-backs can be very key uh, this year. Doherty and Perisic in the game against Roma, albeit we lost uh, yesterday, they were playing like Conte wing-backs. Um, so I think that's going to be really, really important this season and might just make up for, for having no creative spark in the midfield. I just want to say that I want to go back and I'm going to clip that thing of you because I've never heard you ever agree with me on, on Spurs' topic. But you said, yeah, all well, basically said it all. So I was like, clipping that, that's going in the Yeah, no, you, you were pretty bang on. Yeah, what can I yeah, say? Shit. I've got Spurs all... If only all the managers. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they're just too obvious about how they're going to play. So you're just going to be outdone relegation battle. <laughs> maybe. I mean, if you've, been, if you've been listening to this pod, you, you'll be no surprise to say me and Kieran have got the exact same. <laughs> you guys, did you just talk about it before? Have you done your own podcast? Football knowledge. Uh, guys, you just too stuck. I've got Arsenal fifth, and I struggle with this because I was tempted to really tempted to put them fourth. I think they've been again. It's how much do you read pre season? I think they've been absolutely excellent in pre season. Obviously, absolutely battered Sevilla yesterday. Um, and Chelsea. And, yeah, and they battered Chelsea two, battered Chelsea four nil. Um, their signings been great. I, it's the Arteta. I, I think Arteta is really good, but it's just. Is he as good? It's a young team. Are they able to get over the line? They didn't do it last year. Will it happen again this year? Obviously, you know, there, there is elephant in the room with Arsenal and how poorly they're currently handling the, the Thomas Partey situation. Um, and if he goes, and I don't like, you know, it's hard to do it like this, but if he, you know, let's say what happens allegedly, you know, it, it comes to fruition and he has to leave, they have no defensive midfield. So that is another, it gives them a, a bit, you know, sort of, you know, the whole Greenwood situation with United, it kind of cost them a bit because they lost an attacker and, and they were forced to kind of put a langer in and the actions of one man has kind of brought down the whole season. So um, I think with, with Arsenal, that, that is, has to be a concern. They have to be concerned already with how badly... I just, if, he, if he plays against Crystal Palace, I cannot imagine the, the reception he deserves to get, you know, in my opinion. But I think I've got them fifth. Uh, Zinchenko's fantastic signing. Gabriel is a really good defender. I think Saliba's really an interesting prospect going into this year. Looks like Arteta finally trusts him. Um, and yeah, I think and I wanted to put them higher because in fourth, I'm really not confident in this. I don't know why I'm really not confident. Chelsea are in fourth, but I'm not confident in Chelsea because their recruitment has been Sterling, great signing. Ulubadi, good signing, you say. Might be a bit old, but still a good player. Broya coming back is good as well, good for depth. But just the the vibe, almost the, the feel of Chelsea right now, it feels like it's coming to the end of the road with Tuchel. Where any any managerial sort of road always a bit short with Chelsea, and the new owner maybe wants to make a spell. I, the the interviews have not been particularly um, encouraging. I'm just not sure whether Chelsea are, are going to get top four. I think a lot of people are predicting them to finish sixth, fifth. Um, I can see Tuchel leaving at some point this season and someone else coming in. I can see it going off to a poor start. Obviously, they've not had the best pre-season either. I, I mean, it's not really going to affect their season dramatically, but I have no idea why Ethan Ampu's not got a kit number. Uh, that completely baffles me. Um, 
But I think they'll just about finish fourth. I think they've got the quality. I think they've got the know-how. With Chelsea, it's always going to be a good manager to come in. Even though I do believe Tuchel probably won't be the Chelsea manager come the end of the season. Um, I do think they will get fourth. I think it'll be quite tight between Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea. I think that's so, crazy. I think that's crazy that no, like, this whole they've missed out on They've missed out on six. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, don't, I, I don't think you should. I, granted, that's embarrassing. You know, as a Man United fan, I know exactly what it's like to yeah. go for someone and it be dragged out. Sancho Cycle is embarrassing and everything like this. But I honestly think it's overclouding. The, the whole Chelsea, yes, okay, all this bad press around them. And, you know, I've not watched any press conferences to know the feeling around camp and all of this. But if you look at that Chelsea team, granted, they haven't got their striker necessarily that you can say. But let's be honest, last season they did have their striker in Lukaku and they did better this season without a striker and they won the Champions League without a main striker. So I think that if you look at their squad, if they can sign another centre-back, and I'm sure they will, even if it is their fourth choice, and all, I've seen their list of, apparently, their target, Fabrizio's put their list of targets. And all of them are world-class. So either way, they're going to have another great... If they can get another centre-back in there, they have got an incredible team. That team on paper should be incredible, which is why yeah. I've got them there. I'm very optimistic but for them I'm, this season. I've put them out fourth. Out. It's not, not that far. I think in terms of point differentiation... Uh, Chelsea... I'm, sorry, sorry, Kieran. Chelsea almost um, lost out on... Top four last season. They, they, they yeah, it was, it was, and we we only ended three points behind them. Um, so I do think that, as I mentioned, the, the lack of number nine um, is not ideal. Yes, they've got some brilliant players: Kovacic, Jorginho, Reese James is fantastic. I think we forget as well that James and Chilwell were injured for a lot of last season, and they were so important. But if you're going to play Reese James at right centre back, you deserve to be relegated. Because that is just ridiculous. Because he could be their top scorer this season. I genuinely think he'll get double figures yeah. um, and hit the 20 mark in terms of goals and assists. If you're going to waste that and play Hudson Doyle or Loftus Cheek at right wing back, you, you know, all it takes is Chilwell just to be not fit for a lot of the season. You've got Marcus Alonso back there. Um, so I, I just don't think. I think that whole yeah. issue will be. I think the whole issue will be resolved this week, though, with the fact that I think this is the week that Barcelona are going to make their move for both Alonso and Isabella Quetta. So I think it's key for Chelsea how are they to doing? Keep Rudiger as well. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how they got this money, but they can't afford to pay wages. That's a different topic for another day. But I honestly do think they sh they have to keep hold of Isabella Quetta because even if they bring in another centre back, their centre back depth isn't great. So, and especially because they play three at the back. If you play two at the back, it would be okay. But the fact they play three at the back, they need to hold on to Azpilicueta and get another centre-back. So if they lose Azpilicueta, they're going to need to sign another two centre-backs, which is crazy because that would be three centre-backs in one transfer window. But this one is. Yeah, I, I, yeah it's just, it's a, I feel, and again, fourth place, it's, it's still a good finish. It's still Champions League. It's what they desire every year. But I just have a feeling with Chelsea. I could be, I mean, that's a prediction, isn't it, right? So, you know, you, you might be wrong. <laughs> I'm not giving spoilers. Um, Third place, I've got Spurs. I think one, one reason, really, Antonio Conte will be the reason they finish third. Obviously, maybe also Harry Kane and Son. Um, but I think they've, they've got one of the best managers in the world. I think they've got a winner. I think I, I think Spurs are going to win something this year. I don't know what. I think they will win something, a domestic cup, probably, probably the FA Cup. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for Spurs. I think, I think they've, they've got a really good team. I think that that Basuma is, is is one of the best signings of the whole window, um, and he's he's going to be a game changer for them. As is a bit of attacking depth that's going to be great for them. Um, and and yeah, I, I'm excited to see what what Spurs do. I mean, 
if we get into our top two, I, I would. Can I just can I say one thing? About it? I I don't I don't think it's going to go terribly wrong for Spurs. But if it does, I cannot wait to put a side by side the final podcast we do and the first podcast we do. Kieran celebrating with this and then just depressed. <laughs> Bold, it's all gone wrong. <laughs> I, I don't think I will be depressed though because it's Spurs, like it's what I've come to expect. So if it does yeah, happen, I'll be like, that's what it is. But then if it doesn't happen, I'll be like, oh my god. He's played it down But the last time I was this excited about Spurs, I wrote that piece as to why we might win the title. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Jose <laughs> got sacked. We lost the Carabao Cup final with a manager who'd only had two professional appearances in charge of a team. And we finished seventh. So make of that what you will. Can't I wait think that we... again. I think we could all say our second place team at the same time. To be honest, I think we all kind of. Well, we might as well go in idea. without. We might as well go and win out without yeah. winners, without yeah. winners. though. if you go in second, then yeah, we may as well. Well, well, it's going to be the same team um, that we've got first. It's, I don't think it is. Know, it, it's going to be Liverpool. No, I'm it's saying gonna, it's no. I'm it's Man, City. Be Man City. I'm going to be Man City. Who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? I think it'll be close again. I really do. I think Liverpool will run them yeah. close again as they always do. Um, it's a shame that I, I I feel like we're centered off really competing, really not competing. We're going to compete, but really taking it to that next level. Um, but City are too good. I mean, if Cucurella fell flat, if they'd have got him, then it would have probably been more more e- more easy to, to guess. Haaland, obviously, despite his absolute disaster class in the Community Shield, <laughs> um, he's going to score goals. There's no way he's going to miss that the chances he missed yesterday, or as we're recording on Saturday, um, as. Yeah he did in the game you know I can see him scoring three or four against Bournemouth Fulham and these teams um, and they're just really good they're really good at the, football the thing, the, thing with, the thing with me is the thing with me is I've actually I've thought about this and I think up until the World Cup Liverpool are going to be in first place honestly I think this from watching yesterday I very nearly shaped it up and put Liverpool to win the title but then I thought let's not go too drastic here or like, keep it under control so I think up until the World Cup Liverpool are going to be top of the table not by loads but they'll be top of the table because clearly Liverpool have gelled more to the having Nunes in there rather than Man City looked a bit off the pace because they haven't it doesn't seem like they've completely transitioned into understanding how to play with a main striker because for so many years they haven't played with one because even when they had Aguero he was injured a lot so they've got used to playing without sort of a sole striker and I think that showed yesterday because they weren't clicking like Man City were but I think the reason why Liverpool are going to so that's why I think Liverpool would just beat okay before the world cup but the world cup harland isn't going norway aren't there so i think that's going to give harland time and the rest of the team that are staying behind to gel a bit more to get used to each other and then after it they're going to go on to their normal form and for the second half of the season they're going to absolutely blitz it which is another reason why harland isn't in my fl team yeah because i think it's going to take time he's going to adjust he's got to have time to adjust yeah i just i just think Haaland on a bad day and City on a bad day, he's still going to score. Um, that's just what he is. I think you... you I mean, he did it yesterday. He did it yesterday. Community <laughs> show, yeah, yeah, but he had a bad day. He didn't score. He, just he, knows, a bad day. he knows it's not important. He's not going to have a bad day every weekend, though. Um, but no, yeah, Haaland is a goal scorer and he thrives in and around the penalty box, causing chaos, being played through. And there were so many moments yesterday where he made a brilliant run, a brilliant bit of movement, a brilliant dart forward. And City were just like, what the, what, what, what are you doing? Stop. We need to make 18 more passes here. Have Jao Cancelo come inside as a left auxiliary centre midfielder or some thing like that. I'm not going to actually knock it because it clearly works. But um, it's going to take time. Yeah, you're right for them to, to adjust. But, you know, I think very quickly we're going to see a De Bruyne, Haaland, 
ridiculous partnership. Um, and I think, actually, Ollie, I think I'm going to agree with you again here. I know it's not about Spurs, but I think you are right when you say that Liverpool will be kind of running away for a while. I also think Arsenal will be right up there come Christmas, but then they'll just fall off because it's Arsenal, isn't it? Um, I, think that's, I think that's what people need to realise, though, is that Haaland is an incredible footballer, but every player has to adjust to not only a new league, but a new team. And Haaland in this Man City team completely changes the style of play that they do. Like you said, he made those runs. He looked decent in terms of off-the-ball movement, but it was just the link-up play wasn't quite there, which is why I do think Haaland, yeah, OK, he's probably going to get, you know, definitely, we'll get on to goal, top goals, so we might as well go straight into it in a second. But he is going to be right up there, but it's just going to take a little bit of time. So I think people need to just don't be surprised and go, oh my God, Pep's getting the sack when he's not top of the table at World Cup time, because make I think your, it will just take a little bit of time. Make your fail compilation for him now. No, no, no more Nunes, man. He's here, he's here. <laughs> um, but speaking of Nunes, um, who is everyone's top goal scorer for this season? Mine is not Nunes, to be honest. I thought you were honestly going to say you were just Nunes then. He's somewhat relevant, though, because I've gone for his teammate. Yeah. <laughs> Who have you, you guys right. for Salah? Thing is right. Thing is right. Yeah. Well, last season I thought, oh, Agu Lukaku, new sign and all that stuff. <laughs> I, I don't think know if he broke ten. So, sod it. I'm playing it safe. Salah, he's on pens. Liverpool will get pens. He's also world class. Um, Salah, yeah. are, are we doing you how got... many goals? Or nah. we can guess. We can have a swing. Have a swing. Twenty-three. 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 Okay, Ollie, are you go? Are you different? Oh uh, yeah, I'm different. I'm going twenty-four. Harry Kane. Um, because yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not boring like you guys and just cloning each other. How is that boring? It's the fucking. No, no, no. I, I've got. I think Harry Kane is gonna, like I said already in this podcast, he's probably gonna have one of the best seasons of his life. And with Kulaveski, Son, you know, you can say Richarlison coming into there as well, and that midfield behind him. We know they're going to do well. Isn't it? You guys are saying them in third place, and for that you're going to have to have a goal scorer. And for me, that's Harry Kane. I think Salah, similar, not to the level of Man City, where they have to get used to. Salah's got to get used to that new partnership. He, for so many years, he had Firmino and Mane, and then Jotterin. Now we had Diaz for a little bit. Now he's got to get used to playing with Nunes. Nunes is probably more, but like Klopp has said, he's a lethal goal scorer. Yeah, so I think he's, got, I think he's going to get quite a few goals. And Diaz can also score a lot of goals. And I know Mane scored a hell of a lot of goals as well. But I think Nunes might just get a couple more goals, which takes it away from Salah a little bit, which is why I think Harry Kane's going to do it. And plus, I'm actually scared of Harry Kane this season, which is why he's in my FBL. He's never in my FBL. Oh, this always scared of Harry Kane. Yeah, so you're telling me you're not, you've never been scared of him before? Last season, I wasn't that worried about him. I wasn't well, that worried about him. The season, season before he got goals, I suppose because of all the stuff off the field. Yeah, exactly. The season exactly. before last. Which yeah, is why this was, season... Was, this season. Before Christmas, he was bad. Yeah, he was terrible, which is why I'm also not that worried. I don't think people should be worried about Ronaldo yet. Because I don't even think Ronaldo should be starting. <laughs> about Ronaldo last year. No, no, no. But he scored. <laughs> he was. He scored a lot of goals now last year. But all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that this is completely off topic now. But. Ronaldo, if he stays, does Ten Hag chuck him into that team? Because I don't think he fits Boss. Anyway, that's not been, yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. one. We never, so we've, gone, we've gone long enough as it is. Yeah, I, I've good. gone Salah. I've gone Salah. He never lets any. He never lets me down. I mean, in my football, my my FPL, I was going to say football <laughs> manager. I don't have one there. Um, but he, he's just really. He's always up there. I mean, it's either him, Kane, or Haaland for me. They they're going to be up there. They're going to share it. Uh, Jesus might be sort of a dark horse to to get the top goal scorer, or be it, be it, again be in amongst it. But I mean, Salah always, um, always is up there. So, I just say, no World Cup, no World Cup, no World Cup. So that's a good. I'm not saying, but I'm not saying that Salah's not going to score loads of goals. No, he's yeah. going to score loads of goals, but yeah. I think Kane's just going to pivot on to it. And also, the reason why, probably the same reason for you guys, I've not said Haaland's because it's got to get used to the league. And like I said, it. it 
you're not unless you're scoring week in, week out from the start of the season, you're probably not going to get the um, golden boot. And like I said, I think it's going to take time to adjust in the first few months. So, my reason for that. But I'll I go into this. Sorry, I, just go quick, I know we mentioned so. it. Carl, we're all trying to, I know we mentioned it briefly, <laughs> but I feel like we're we're not doing the good service to Son here, who yeah. won it last year with no penalties. I when just jointly, did he win it jointly with, with Salah? Yeah. So, yeah. but I, I do think like yeah, he's obviously very good. But I think that was probably his best season at Spurs. Uh, um, so I, I just wanted to mention it because obviously he yeah. won it last year. Yeah. I, I imagine he's going to break twenty. But I think Salah I, I think it's the same reason. My reason for Salah, the fact that Nunes is going to score a few more goals, is why I don't think Salah's going to get it. I think Kane because he got like he wasn't really on it at the start of last year, so he was the yeah. main goal scorer. I think he's going to which is why I don't think Son's going to get as many goals. I'll go on to assist though. I just mentioned Haaland. I think when they do get going, it's going to be crazy. And I've, I've got Kevin Freud as my top assist person. I just think when you look at that attack, it's incredible. Mahrez scored so many goals this season if he can score again. You've got all these different things. And I think even when Haaland isn't scoring, I think Kevin De Bruyne is just going to give an assist to you know, anyone. So Kevin De Bruyne's my man. If he doesn't, because he was injured last season, which is why I think he wasn't didn't get as many stats as people at shoot. But this season, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, yeah, I've gone different. I've gone, um, you know, Liverpool going to score a lot of goals. Who gets a lot of assists for Liverpool? Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, uh, he's he's always up there. He's always, I think he's always in the top three. I don't know if he won it last year. I can't remember. Especially now with Nunes, that that tool, if he can keep his headers down, you know, we've got, we've got something on, on with him. You know, Nunes is a big threat up front for us. And then, you know, even before we had a big aerial threat, he was getting loads of assists. So I don't see why it changed. He's Liverpool's main creative outlook. I don't expect that to change. Um, and, He's the best player I've I've seen play right back in, in the Premier League in terms he, of like the the ability he has and he is Liverpool's main creator. He's one he's he's one of the best playmakers in the league. He, it's it's De Bruyne and Trent for me. So he was going to be I, my second. He was going to be my second shout. I was yeah. in and R in between that. But please, Kieran, please go for someone different. <laughs> please do not say the yeah. same person. <laughs> so I've gone Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you agree with someone in this podcast every time. Wait, it's like it's Kevin De Bruyne, isn't it? It's like yeah. no one, maybe Trent, no one can hit a ball like him, in my opinion. Like absolutely on a sixpence. Uh, he's just he's just different gravy, isn't he? Like yeah, it's not much more to say, really. So yeah, I, yeah. I'll, li- no I'll lean. I'll lean in with the player of the year straight away. By the way, um, you said yeah, you said at the start we have five weather. I've got clean sheet top goalkeeper. Were we not doing that? No. <laughs> well, who no. have you got? Just go, just say it. Just say it. I, I just got I, I got Edison just because I think my yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but yeah, Edison. Uh, uh, player of the year, most assists for you guys. I don't think he's get most assists, but I think he's going to be the best player, Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, again, what more do we need to say? City, Harlem, once they adjust, it's going to be. Fireworks, it's going to be just heaven for a playmaker like Kevin De Bruyne. A lot of runs being made, a lot of good movement from the likes of Jack Grealish as well, which I'm sure will help. And yeah, he's going to be the best player of the year, as he, as he was last year, am I right in saying? Or, no, I'm he wasn't sure. last year. No, was he was last year. Was it Player of the year? It was well, what, what we about year. PFA or? Yeah, I, PFA I, thought, I thought it was, was it not Salah? Was it Marmite? Yeah. No. Right, who's your player of the year? Okay, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a Kieran here and I'm picking up you. I've got Kevin De Bruyne for the reason why. I think not only will he get so many assists, the top most... Oh, it's Sally Yeah, I was going to say, I think yeah, Sally Not only will he get the most assists, but he's also probably going to get a hell of a lot of goals. But the reason why, I think it was going to be... I've also got Kane down there because I think he's going to score a lot of goals. I think Spurs do really well. But I think when you win the league, 
And if you're one of the main reasons you win the league, you're yeah. probably going to get it. And I think Man City are going to win the league. And I think Kevin De Bruyne's going to be a stand-up player and not Haaland this season. So that's why I've gone with uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, I'm ready to spice things up, my player of the year. I've got for Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> what more do we need to add? We'll just move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one, actually, uh, this the last category, the last part of this, we've been going for a while, so thank you for staying with us if you are still watching, still listening. Um, his first sack, I actually really like this one because it, it sort of, who's going to have a bad start this season? Who's going to struggle? I believe last year I got this right. I said the Watford manager, Cisco because Watford always sat their managers and he, he wasn't very good. Um, but I, I'll kick us off. I, I almost put two shell. I almost put two shell, but I didn't quite. That would be a like, mad shell. That would be a no, mad shell. I don't think, I think it will be a bit later. I think it'll be a bit delayed. I've gone with the Wolves manager. A man Kieran's a, a big fan of Bruno Large. I think they struggled towards the end of last season. Um, they didn't look great. They've had a poor pre-season in terms of, obviously Cooper's a good sign-in and, you know, that and, I forgot the other player that signed it instantly, but they, they look, um, it's been, it's just weird. I feel like they're going to have a bad start, even though they've got, and, and the fact that they've got a relatively nice start, I mean, it's going to extend, it's going to make it worse and that atmosphere will grow. Wolves did not score a lot of goals last, to the end of last season. They didn't look particularly exciting, which compared to how they started the season, they were absolutely electric at the start of the season. I remember thinking, how, how have they not scored? And now you're shocked if they do score. So it, it, it changes. It's changed really for them under large. I think he almost had that Roberto Martinez feel at the start where it was like, he's built on the defensive foundations that Nuno set, just let them go. But a few injuries and it kind of curtailed their season a little bit. But So I've got him to get sacked first. I think maybe the atmosphere, might, they might turn. I don't know what, I don't fully know what the Wolves fans' opinions on him are, but I think it may start to turn with a few bad results, especially to teams like Brentford, Forest, Everton, Fulham, the good teams I've got in to, to be struggling. I think that they might, it, the atmosphere will turn it and large may be a victim of that. And we'll have to find out which Portuguese manager will go for next. Kieran, who have you got? Um, I, yeah, well, I see Nathan's point of Bruno Large, but I did that last season when I went for maybe slightly a left field one in Hassanuta. And although Southampton struggled, it never really looked like he was going to get sacked. So I sod it this year. Um, I'm not doing that shit again. Sorry, excuse my language. Uh, so I've gone for <laughs> Mark, so Marco Silva to be sacked first. <laughs> Because yeah. uh, I think Fulham are going to struggle and they are notoriously quick to react. Um, I would have gone for Scott Parker, but I quite like his philosophy as a coach and I think Bournemouth probably recognise that as well. So they'll try and give him as much time as possible. And then probably if it's not going well, six to eight weeks before the end of the season, bring in someone like Sam Allardyce. No, probably not Sam Allardyce, but nah. someone who would potentially keep them up, has experience keeping teams up, things like that. Um, but I think Marco Silva will probably go November, December time. Well, November because the Just World before Cup. the World Cup, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. So then it's got, he's got time, whoever the new manager is, because I can't see them winning many games. I can see there being a lot of sackings, to be honest, around that time, because it's just the perfect time to bring someone in to set it. But, and then you also got the January window as well to get some signings in. But, I'm actually going for, wasn't, well, couldn't remember this, but who you went for last season, Kieran. I've got Hassan who, obviously I've got them in mind coming second bottom. Their yeah, start, true. I was just looking out. They've got Spurs, then Leeds, Leicester, Man United and Chelsea. Can't see them picking up very many points at all. My God, I'm choking. <laughs> they, they don't want him to say it. <laughs> yeah, I can't see them picking up very points at all. In What's that? One, two, three, four, in the first five games, which could be leaving them near rock bottom, which is why I predict they'll end up 
You know, they've had so many nine nils under him. They're probably going to have a fair few this season if my prediction goes correctly. And he's had quite a lot of time there. And like we've said, they've only been on the downfall, really. And so I think there's they've given him a fair few years. If he doesn't do something this season early on, I think he's just going to be going out. So uh, Hassan Hootel's the guy going for me, even though he was massively rated when he first joined, wasn't he? He it's, did quite well at the start. So it's, a, it's a really... It's a really weird one because they've not really backed it at any point. It feels like they've mm. not really made a lot. Never been a window where Southampton made a lot of permanent big signings. I know obviously Liveramento was a fantastic signing last year. I can't actually think of anyone they've signed this year. I'm sure they have signed some. Uh, they've got um, Gavin Bazunu in goal. Uh, oh yeah, Chappert, highly rated centre back from France. Yeah, and um, they got the player from City, Lavia, right? Lavia yes. from City. I think that's a good signing by by all reviews of him. I've, 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 I can't say I've seen him play. And you've got to remember also Southampton. I actually, the Hassan one, I, I should have considered actually because this new owners at Southampton, it, 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 you know, Hassan wasn't their guy. They didn't inherit him. They inherited yeah. him, so I didn't pick him. So maybe they will look to to build, put their own guy in and build the image of how they want Southampton to play. But I do think he's a good manager. I just think it's yeah. such a weird, Southampton's such a weird team. They're really inconsistent. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think it's going to go. And I think you need to look at also when you're doing this, this sort of the first few games they have because then it can look really poor. And I think they're going to look really bad after the first few games with that window. I did think about Wolves as well, but they've got quite a nice start. And I yeah. think that's going to get so many points on board that it's probably going to, after they start to fall, they're going to look better off than they actually should be. So I think that might save his job for a little bit. I think Leeds manager, so I know he's only new, um, but I think they're not going to have a great season. So it could have been him. But for me, it is has not a great start to the season. I can't see him. It's probably going to end just badly. So, so yeah. That was, we don't know. That wraps it. That wraps it all up. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure you check us out. One two football or one two football. You one two football UK on all social media platforms. Also one two football.com for the latest amount of written articles we've got going. That was a long one. <laughs> we are back on a on a bi-weekly basis. We will see you in two weeks time.